why didn't anyone say within these last 20 years, maybe you should go for an MRI? It just, it's so funny because I'm sure every one of us that get diagnosed, all of a sudden, years of things make sense, right? I think we could have found this a lot earlier. But I also think, you know, like most things in life, it takes what it takes, right? Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, this is Laura Kolaskowski, and I'm here today with Lucy Kaplan for the MS Diagnostic Journey podcast. She's graciously agreed to share with us the details about her multiple sclerosis diagnosis journey. So, Lucy, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. We'd just like to jump right in here with your story. Um, what was physically wrong with you that maybe sent you thinking that you had MS or off to see a doctor? So my story, my diagnosis actually took 22 years. I, when I was 21, I was in my first day of my last semester of undergrad. And I was talking with a teacher in class that I've had before. And in my head, I was saying something, but it's not anywhere close to what was coming out. I was saying random words, but in my head, I was having a whole conversation. And he started to get a little nervous and he said, you know, I think you should probably go home. So I called someone and said, I'm going to drive home. I lived about six blocks from the college and three hours later, I got home. Um, don't know where I was, don't know where we ended up and went to the hospital. And as the week went on each day, something different happened. Like the first day I couldn't talk. The second day, the, my right leg stopped working. Um, and that was the beginning. So that was the first time that after about four days in the hospital of people telling me, you know, it's all in your head, you're just crazy. They decided to do an MRI finally and came back and said, have you ever heard of MS? And, you know, we, we had, but never thought about it. And that was, that was kind of it. They sent me then to neurologists for follow-ups for about six months. And then my neurologist retired and no one ever said, you should probably keep this up or we need to, you know, if this is MS, you need to keep going. Oh, so you, you were just left hanging with these words? And it was okay. You know, I, the, the residual effect after that first episode was I got migraines. So I had never had headaches before and now regularly I was getting migraines a couple of weeks sometimes. So fast forward to about two years ago, mid-pandemic, I woke up one morning and my entire right side didn't work. I couldn't take a step normally. I couldn't hold anything in my right hand. And I had numbness everywhere from, from the whole, from the top of my head. It was if you had like sliced my body in half, everything on my right side was numb. And I'm right-handed. So I thought, okay, you're, you're holding your phone too long. You're looking at your phone in a stupid way. Or, you know, I, I always wanted to do fitness competitions. So I was like, you don't know what you're doing and you hurt your leg. Well, about six months later, it was still going. I hadn't told anybody. And because it was a pandemic, I, the lucky part of that was I was able to hide it for a really long time. 
until I just, I had a breakdown. So a year ago, this past St. Patrick's Day, I went to my dad and I, I had a breakdown and I just said, I can't handle not being able to walk and not being able to use my hand anymore. So we went to the ER again, just like we had 20 years ago. And they told me for a few hours, you're crazy. There's nothing wrong with you. All your levels of everything look normal. And then finally, again, someone decided to send me for an MRI. And it was kind of awful. The way I got my official diagnosis, they had been very rude thinking, you know, she's crazy. She doesn't, she can walk, just start walking. They came in from the MRI results. They walked in, they said, so it's MS. You know, you got MS, right? And that was that. Apparently, it had gone from one lesion back in 2001 to now eight um, last last year. I got to tell you, Lucy, I am absolutely, <laughs> you have taken the words out of my brain completely. I am just it's shocking. I am dumbfounded and I'm shocked right? and I'm angry for you too. See, and I went through that for so long. I'm so glad you said that because for so long I was like, why didn't anyone say within these last 20 years, maybe we should keep this up. Maybe you should go for an MRI or maybe some of the things that you're randomly going to your doctor with and saying, Maybe they should have been looked at better, you know? Um, it just, it's so funny because I'm sure every one of us that get diagnosed, all of a sudden, years of things make sense, right? right. So like, right. now I get it. Like, now I know why you get so sweaty at night in the middle of the winter all the time. You know? Now I know why you can be drenched in sweat suddenly or completely be in mid-sentence and have no idea who the person is you're even talking to. I like to say that hindsight is amazing, but isn't mm -hmm. everyone, isn't everyone clumsy? Isn't everyone, particularly women, right. tired? Aren't we all fatigued? Don't we all have days we just want to lay in bed and not get up? And just not do anything. <laughs> and you think it's normal. And I knew the falling was weird. Like I felt like, okay, adults shouldn't be falling like I'm falling. But I also, this is the scary part too, is when they died, when I was in the hospital, they also diagnosed me with spinal stenosis and said that I had to have immediate surgery so that that St. Patrick's dad had gone in. And so they were also very unsure of, is this MS or is this from the spinal stenosis? And I think nobody really cared to find out all these years, you know, I think, I think we could have found this a lot earlier. But I also think, you know, like most things in life, it takes what it takes, right? Yeah. You know, in your story, you covered every last question yeah. that, I, 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 that I put out there to people. Did I'm you suspect doctor. it? Did you feel dismissed? Did you feel ignored? What did it take to get your diagnosis? And you, you did it all. I'm sorry. I'm so much no, of a talker. No, no. I'm, I mean... I'm sorry that it took you 22 years that you went from being a, a college student to yeah. a grown, grown adult woman functioning and to spend all that time allowing disability to accumulate because you didn't have a diagnosis and you didn't have treatment. Right, right. 
it's just wild to me. And, you know, I still, like, I still go back and forth. Like, I still have a lot of days. I mean, it's only been, what, a year, officially. So I still, I still go through days where I'm like, this just, it can't be. Like, this, they can't be right. You know? And then I go through days where, where I'm really excited for things like this. Where I'm really excited to talk about it. Because until... It's oddly like this epidemic of celebrities getting MS lately. But until then, like, I never knew. I knew Annette Funicello all my life and I knew she died young, but I never knew she had MS. Like, I just never, never knew about MS. Yeah, it's an interesting disease because people either know the Annette Funicello and the Richard Pryors of the world and their horrific deaths or they know no one. So until all of a sudden, then you get diagnosed and you have this sense of, I'm the only one in the whole wide world going yes. through this. And that's part of, I think, the value of doing this podcast with people such as yourself, that people can relate, if not to your entire story. I know there's something that you've said in here that will resonate with someone. It certainly, I hope so. It certainly has with me, Lucy. And I would like to know, is there... Any particular, especially with your history, is there anything in particular that you would recommend or say to people who suspect they have MS or maybe yes. are, are doing their own journey? What would yeah. you tell them? If you even have an inkling, don't wait like I did. You know, I'm one of those people that always says, I don't go to doctors because when I do, they find something. And this sure did. But at the same time, I spent... You know, I spent eight months hiding in my house and living on a couch because I didn't want people to see that I couldn't walk. And I didn't tell anybody for almost a year after I got diagnosed that I had it. And as alone as you think you feel, you feel so much more alone when you're doing this by yourself. And people are a lot better than you think they're going to be. People People are a lot more caring and people aren't as, oh, poor me, poor me, as they you think they are. It's a lot easier to tell people. So I would say if anyone even suspects something's wrong, rule it out. Rule it in or rule it out just so it's not constantly weighing on your mind. Oh, I think that is great advice. And there you have it, folks from Lucy. Don't wait 22 years to get answers. <laughs> <laughs> and I would like to thank you all for joining us today for the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kolaskowski. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you'll be informed on all of our new episodes as they get published. Thank you again, Lucy, for sharing your story. Thank you.